This message is brought to you by the Meg Uses Money to Make Her Friends Say Stupid Things Endowment for the Farts. A recent study from the University for Public Broadcasting and viewers like you has revealed that a startling 80% of adults have telekinetic abilities for 10 minutes at a time once every day. At the time of the study, these telekinetic abilities could only be harnessed while clapping and frowning following a 30-minute period of complete silence. The study shows that the window for telekinetic ability will manifest in the host only once per day for approximately 10 minutes. Unfortunately, at this time there is no way to predict when the window for telekinetic ability will appear or to detect when it is currently active other than remaining silent for 30 minutes, then clapping while frowning and concentrating on an object you'd like to move with your mind. Once active, the telekinetic powers will continue to manifest for up to 10 minutes or the remainder of the telekinetic window. Researchers have so far been unable to determine what has caused these abilities to manifest or why only 80% of adults seem to be able to harness these new telekinetic gifts. In a press conference on Friday, study founder Dr. Steve Cathonker O'Gravyboat said that his research indicates that these telekinetic abilities are a new trait and not a heretofore unknown ability. We do not know the origin or purpose of this gift, only that it seems to be spreading and getting more powerful, he said. When prompted for follow-up, Dr. Cat Honkero Gravyboat lapsed into a thoughtful, unbreakable silence. Thirty minutes later, he was seen furiously clapping and frowning at a crucifix on the floor. Why are only 80% of adults able to harness these abilities? What is the genesis of this power? Why now? What is the significance of the telekinetic ability only manifesting for 10 minutes per day, and what purpose does the clapping while frowning serve? What did Dr. Cat Honkero Gravyboat mean by spreading and getting more powerful? For how long will access to this power last, and by whom will it first be harnessed to change the course of history? Listeners, we do not know the answers to these questions. Perhaps you, after a 30-minute period of silence followed by clapping while frowning, may be the one an uh, to answer these questions. This is a developing story. Please stay tuned for more details. This message is brought to you by the Meg Uses Money to Make Her Friends Say Stupid Things Endowment for the Farts. Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, we have a very good friend of the podcast, uh, Evan McDevitt. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, and obviously, Quincy this week is back from the Memphis Comic Book Expo. Yeah, Memphis Comic Expo was super fun. I I, I said before we started recording, um, I said to non-playable Kyle, who drove down with me, uh, the phrase dope as fuck uh, so many times, I kind of feel embarrassed. <laughs> this has been your catchphrase. Like, Memphis if, Comic if, Expo is dope as fuck. It was really like, good. Like, if Memphis Comic Expo Quincy was like a variant costume and it had a drawstring with this would be, that would be the one phrase that this variant of uh, Quincy oh, would like, yeah, have. Yeah. It is me in my pink five panel, uh, turned backwards uh, with a tote bag, and I just say "dope as fuck" over and over again. As opposed yep. to the non-convention version of Quincy that just says, "This is buck wild." <laughs> I guess I do say that a lot. I mean, see, my my, re- my um my non-podcasting friends say I say the phrase. There's this podcast that's about <laughs> blank because I can't be a human. I have to say like, hey, you know, there's a podcast about this subject that's really interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, like there there are so many podcasts. Yeah, absolutely, yes. far too many, especially so. Mine. Uh, 
Same. Let's let's get into that by creating another podcast tonight. And hey, throw the, throw this out there. By the way, you guys need a couch gag or something. Like you guys always oh, say, like yeah. you, you manage it much more smoothly. But like, I have a word document full of nothing but couch gags, just so that I, <laughs> whenever I'm starting an episode, I have something to say. Uh, you know, when I'm doing an episode of uh, two player versus um, you know, I always open with I'm Evan, I'm player one. And that means that I get the good controller and blank. And, you know, it's just just throwing it out there. It's a yeah. Thing. No, I, that's the thing. You've got the cold opens. And then meanwhile, we bumble fuck our way through the intro uh, like a kid who's just gotten maced at a school dance trying to slow dance. I don't know why that's where. I went with that, but that's basically what Quincy and I do through the intro every time. So, uh, Evan, uh, two-player versus you run a podcast. How has that been going? Like, how's how's the experience of running a podcast been going? Both of my listeners are lovely. No, um, <laughs> no. The <laughs> truth is, uh, no. I actually I find it really satisfying because uh, my show, two-player versus, is about fighting games, which I'm passionate about in a way that I would actually say is pretty comparable to the vibe that you and Quincy have about horror. Um, Mm-hmm. It's something that I just find really uh, sort of somewhere in between emotionally and intellectually stimulating. You know, it's something that I just I love. I have loved and I have all of these thoughts that aren't going anywhere. So it's sort of nice mm-hmm. to get somebody in and talk about something that they either have some strong memory about or that they have some strong feelings towards and being able to try and draw that out. Use this medium to say, OK, but what does what does Killer Instinct make you feel? What is it? What does it what does it do for you when you're playing? And I don't know. I There's something about that uh, crossing that line between analysis and over analysis. That's very uh, mm-hmm. satisfying to me. Well, and like I love that as a praxis for approaching um, a fighting game or horror or like pro wrestling is I've realized that like as I've gotten older, um, talking about like of course I, I like talking shop about all of these things and kind of like all right, so what elements of this thing do we think work really well and is this objectively good and how does it compare to other things in the same medium? And at this point, I think at age thirty, I'm mostly interested in talking about feelings and magic, and emotional responses to things rather than trying to which is also hilarious because we run a podcast that literally we're ranking every single horror movie so we are applying a metric to it (laughs) but mostly i like talking about how much i just love horror or how much i hate certain horror movies i don't know yeah well and talking about the art of it as i really at the at the core of it and i mean on a certain level as sort of every every snarky bad movie podcast to you know the artsiest thing that i've never ever listened to you know they're all talking about uh, it's all about approaching the work and seeing what is it trying to do mm-hmm. how does it do it does it do it well and what does that mean to me on the couch and so i you know i think that's that that's that common thread and it's sort of art is everywhere art is in everything and you know why not why not have a little yeah. fun talk with a friend and get kind of pretentious about something that was never meant to stand up to it you know that's i i, I think it's just natural for people of about our age yeah and i think at a certain point it's not even like navel gazing about like killer instinct or clay fighter or super smash brothers like i think a thing like that or like let's talk about chopper chicks and zombie town and how that made us feel I feel like yeah. that can be kind of the, con- the the opening conceit of the thing is, haha, we're devoting a level of attention to and navel-gazing about uh, this relatively dumb thing that doesn't necessarily bear that scrutiny. But I feel like the more you get into anything, and or if you've 
ever been through a liberal arts education, you can <laughs> navel gaze about anything if you wanna. Oh, absolutely. See, and and that's what I try to to point out to people is like, it's so easy to just bullshit about stuff, and that's the beauty of, you know art is just being able to say like yeah it's stupid but it's it makes me feel a thing so speaking of movies yeah. that are sorry stupid <laughs> but make me feel a thing uh let's talk about <laughs> oh, shin common yeah. rider <laughs> yeah yeah buddy yeah okay so fun fact going back like three or four months i was actually a little resentful for a bit that josh copeland got to talk about guyver on here because that was something that I was hoping to talk about when I uh, when I uh, got my turn, but it actually occurs to me that the reason I wanted to talk about Giver was because that was what got me into the real hard Tokusatsu stuff, you know, that never got an American release. And the thing about Giver is that it is basically a common writer fan show. It follows the formula of a common writer series, you know. A young man between the ages of late high school and, you know, 27 gets superpowers from the bad guys, uses it to transform into some sort of vaguely insectile karate man, fights a bunch of monsters, and, you know, while maintaining a secret identity. And, like, the beats that Guyver hits so specifically map on. So I'm delighted that that door got opened so that I could talk about any installment on here because I will talk about Kamen Rider whenever, wherever because it's well, amazing. <laughs> and, and I mean, and the thing is, like, first, like, I, I uh, my, my light friend, uh, Austin Skurlock, uh, he, I can't even tell you how much Common Rider I watched with that guy when he was alive. And so, of course, at the outset, when I looked at um, today's notes, and I was kind of like, all right, these are the movies you got to watch for uh, Rankin Vile the Horror Podcast. At first, I was like, well, now, hold on a goddamn minute. How is Common Rider horror? And it is it really really is like it it gets to a certain point of just absolute shit the bed insane visuals and violence and gore that literally there's nowhere else that you could file this under but horror i mean i think it's it's worth noting the opening scene is the police creating a honeypot to catch common right <laughs> and it fails spectacularly yeah, it fails and he cuts their throats out Everyone dies yeah, in that scene, except for the, well, minor spoiler, fake common Rider. Like, everyone is... Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, this is, a, this is a franchise that goes back to the 70s. And apparently, Japanese kids shows in the 70s, you could get away with a lot of blood. Like, really staggering amounts of blood. But even by these standards, like, this is just, this is just a murder factory. Like, um... Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but one character makes it out of this movie. No, two. Two characters make it out oh, of two. this entire yeah. movie. Because there's the uh, the ambiguously American uh, woman, and then there is Shin himself. Which, side note, got to throw this out there. Shin, in this case, it, as in the title, not only the name of the main character, but it is a word that means new, god, or true. So, uh, I... I kind of doubt that they were saying that this is god common rider and there had been a series called new common rider a few years before so i just want to throw this out there this came from the original Jesus. creator of the franchise this is what he was calling true common rider so it was the but 90s I mean, the idea of like the body horror 
inside my body is Common Rider, and I, I'm not a, a glamorous superhero, but I turn into a bug man <laughs> with mandibles, and my eyes <laughs> bulge red and turn into giant uh, cricket eyes. Like, there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's like the the phrase literally means masked rider, but there's no mask here. This is this is just a dude who is a bug man on the inside. Yeah, and like you could easily do obviously like a double feature between Common uh, Rider Prologue and uh, Giver Two mm. of just ab- absolutely insane, oh nuts, uh, body horror, anti shit, and also um, th- one of the main things I noticed in in Common Rider is that. There's an odd amount of, like, teen drama stuff in Kamen Rider Prologue. Mm. Yes. Which is weird, because how old is Shin supposed to be, you think? Because that actor is, like, coming up on 30 for sure. But, like, they definitely talk about him as though he's, you know, 19. Well, he hangs out with his friends at the gym, just like I do with all of my friends. Yeah. Where we we (laughs) drop a stack of towels (laughs) and laugh together and drink Evian. You're just crushing it at the gym with some hard buds. It's fine. I mean, and, and honestly, like, a lot of the, the dialogue in this is mostly, like, Shin, like, even aside from the crazy common Rider stuff, Shin is a goddamn mess of a human being. Yeah. He, he, he maybe means well, but, like, he gets involved in the plot because he agrees to sign up for his dad's mad science research. Mad science research that it comes up has cost people their lives before. Oh, yeah. Like, Dr. Dad has a body count. And the bad guys <laughs> yeah, and, stand and, around and talk about how the bad guys who acknowledge themselves as the bad guys are funding his research, red flag number one, because red right. flag number two, nobody else is willing to. Dr. Dad's research seems to be this kind of ambiguous, <laughs> uh, you know, let's perfect humanity, make super soldiers thing. But everybody else is mm-hmm. talking about the super soldier side. He's just sort of like, hey, let's let's cure our diseases. What, like, all? Like, every? I mean, okay. Ambitious. Mm-hmm. Like it. But your lab partner <laughs> is muttering to himself about right. God constantly. He... Maybe look into that. It kind of reminded me of Prometheus, how you've got all these scientists out on this planet that inexplicably cannot shut the fuck up about God and fatherhood. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, dude, guys, we're supposed to be out here doing science stuff. Why are we talking about God and the nature of offspring this is literally part of this this is japan's version of the 90s grim and gritty superhero comics thing like the very month that this came out on the other side of the pacific this was literally the month that image comics launched spawn number one savage dragon number one uh the marvel 2099 line all launched the same at the exact same time that shin kamen rider was in theaters if Rob Lee, if, if if Rob Liefeld had been drawing this, everybody would have been covered in patches. Yeah, and every time somebody spoke, there would be that little string of spittle between their teeth. And yeah, yeah. right. And I mean, no like, one would have feet. There is not a not a big jump from here to Spawn, if we're being honest. A lot of that whole, yep. you know, I'm a monster. Well, no, you're a totally rad superhero with a million superpowers. No, but I'm a freak. Yeah, but you can turn it off. So. <laughs> Yeah, you can literally be a human being again. It's really easy to do. Well, especially since, like, (laughs) this this is just a standalone thing, but this was actually not supposed to be a standalone thing. This was supposed to be the start of a show. 
This was supposed to be like an out, like a like a double sized pilot, and then lead into oh, like a backdoor pilot. Yeah. yeah, and it was so despised and so underperforming that they just dropped all plans. And Ishinomori, the you know the man behind Common Rider originally, died. And this is so. This is the last time he worked on anything in the series, and they just kind of let it sleep for a while there wouldn't have it there would be a couple other like direct-to-video dvds one of which recycles almost everything from this movie um oh wow so you're telling me this movie was so bad it killed the creator i mean it seems that way like i haven't performed an autopsy on the great man (laughs) but uh who side note in the movie um in that first scene in the lab there's a guy with big crazy frizzy curly hair that is uh, that is Ishinomori Shotaro himself. What? <laughs> yeah, that's why he looks really pleased with himself and then does and doesn't say anything. <laughs> he should. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, th- this movie, like, it started out super boring for me, aside from you know the cop killing at the beginning. Um, and then for a while there, it's sort of like a bunch of people sitting around talking about some bullshit. No- nobody's body parts were exploding. Nothing was flying out of anybody's anything. And then at a certain point, it becomes a special effects demo reel uh, from hell. And it is, I would say about, because like if somebody asked me, okay, is Shin Kamen Rider from 1992, is it a good movie? I would say no. And then I would also, um, Jesus Christ, Um, I would also uh, sit them down and make them watch a YouTube supercut of all the crazy effects from this movie. Yeah, uh, Shin's Nightmares, where his face tears apart to reveal a flying grasshopper mutant creature. Oh, God. That that made me, like, jump back a little bit when I first saw it. Like, that was yep. upsetting the first Gentlemen, time. Gentlemen. Yeah, it's cr- crazy. We're figuring the most upsetting part, there's a mutant bug baby <laughs> fetus in this movie. Oh. <laughs> Can we can we get to? Oh, there can is I that, stop I off suppose. somewhere real quick before we get to the mutant bug baby, the the half common rider baby? Um, <laughs> because I know I can tell you exactly where this movie goes crazy, and it is when you find out that Doctor Dad's lab partner is the actual mad scientist of the movie, and this is in a mm. movie where Doctor Dad is a for real mad scientist, but you see the actual mad doctor, his lab is like just every prop from every cut rate version of Frankenstein you've ever seen with like a bunch of murals that are vaguely religious in a way that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like there are candelabras in his secret lab. There is a tapestry with a huge star of David on it. And he's just like time to take my shirt off and draw some blood. And (laughs) it, it is. And then the CIA shows up and tries to blow him up unsuccessfully, by the way. Because he turns into a different I wish, bug monster. I and wish that you were exaggerating wow. or misrepresenting this in any way. You are not. No, like, he sits down and the first thing he does is shirt off. The second thing he does is needle in. And <laughs> yep. And then the third thing is that, oh, the CIA are trying to shoot me in the head. I better, you know, I better hulk out, which gives our hero right. a seizure. Um, and causes him to think that he killed the CIA guys. Because, can, can I yep. also say, the thing that drives me nuts more than anything, this movie is set up where the actual Mad Doctor is this, like, proto common Rider, other Grasshopper Man, and he never fights common Rider. 
what why huh. why is this that's an this excellent movie question is set up like evil opposites it is the most basic perfect thing you know if you have bizarro in your movie he mm-hmm. needs to fight superman if you have bane he needs to fight batman your evil opposite needs right. to fight your main hero the mad doctor in his final bug form gets blown up and then just like burns to death for a really super long time on screen and then i was like okay but he's gonna like molt out of that and be fine and our hero needs to kill him nope he just falls down screams and then is never mentioned again yeah that's like it's like two scenes after this but like i i am blown away at the fact that they they go to that much trouble of setting it up and then no payoff so why does this movie not make logical sense when i watch it it's just random it feels more like random scenes than a cohesive story yeah i'd say it's definitely like if i wanted to make this into a tv show you know it's about 90 minutes long i would not make this into three half hour episodes i would say this is probably like six half hour episodes that have been condensed by cutting out really pretty crucial conversations yeah, it's just like a bunch of scenes where people just automatically know what's going on. Like, Shin's basic dialogue through the whole thing is, what's going on? And then the part where someone actually says what's going on is gone, but then the next scene, Shin has figured out what's going on. Whereas I, the viewer, am like, I don't know what's happening now there's fire and mutating common rider and a robot man yep yeah the yeah the rad skeleton cyborg guy who yeah. was i mean it, what what is what is any of that there like tokusatsu is at its best when the villains conform to the idea like you're saying okay the villain in this the the bad guy in this episode is a vacuum cleaner make a vacuum cleaner monster go in the more serious ones, it'll be like an animal theme or something. Common Rider tends to start off by fighting first a first a spider and then a bat uh, is traditional, but this guy is just like scary looking. I guess he's a he's got a skull face sorta. There's some meat yep. in between his metal plates. It's gross, but he's wearing slacks and that really undercuts the threat. <laughs> Which is important, I think. You like, want to pair that with slacks. Yeah, slacks. something great, great, great slacks. understated. A, a sharp hand, Joe, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the and the little tatters of his uh, of his dress shirt, you know, because you know don't don't bother untucking that. It looks it looks hardcore. It's very Hulk. Um, yep. I, you know, it's just there's no there's no through line, and they keep trying to like make one by virtue of doing things like having the girlfriend turn out to be pregnant and having it turn out that she's pregnant with, as previously mentioned, a baby that is about three quarters common rider. And yeah, I mean, we got, we've got to dig into this because the actress is visibly not pregnant, right? Like we have to acknowledge that there's no way that this lady is supposed to be more than like a day pregnant, but we see the inside of her and it is a fully formed, awful mutant it it is it is fucking hair raising it has an awful little smiling face oh and like it, wings on its back it 
It looks like a cruel but talented child's drawing of what a baby looks like. Yes. And they got bored and used the green it, crayon. Yeah, that's... Yes, you're exactly right. They also didn't understand how, kind of how, how colors work. And so, yeah, it's... And honestly, like, the design generally in Common Rider, I'm pretty into it. And actually, I kind of... Um, I never properly got into Common Rider on my own. And it kind of makes me want to see what the deal is with the rest of Common Rider if uh, Common Rider or if, if Shin Common Rider 1992 is that fucking wild. I mean, while we're talking about it, random it goes all over the place. Tokusatsu shows, have y'all seen mm -hmm. Pro Wrestling as a uh, as to Kaiser? I have not. No. It is amazing because it's a pro wrestling Tokusatsu where when that has suitmation but also straight animation so that um Estekaiser can do Boston crabs with rubber monsters and actually make it look like it's painful so like every time <laughs> that they actually do the wrestling it's animated so that they can actually do wrestling moves in with characters that are normally uh, depicted with rubber suits uh that is horror adjacent because the lead villain is in a bat costume but uh yeah that's definitely worth checking out on youtube if you can find it yeah yeah absolutely um, also i just dropped in our um document a picture of that horrible fetus Ugh. oh god. god why did i look why would i look <laughs> No, no. This, I know this, what it looks listen like. To me. Why did I need that? <laughs> this fucks me up. Do you, do you want to know why this fucks me up? Um, do you know what? Because it looks this like, like Gudetama. Fifty-first Pokemon. <laughs> Not me. It looks like Gudetama, the lazy egg with the butt cheeks. Um, oh. My local Seven Eleven, the oh, one like God. right Everything next you to my house, to makes this worse. Yes, yes. Um, the the Seven Eleven right next to my house. For some reason, they've got this big promotion going with Gudetama the Lazy Egg, and you can buy these little Gudetama toys at the front counter. And I can't not stare at Gudetama's butt cheeks. Ugh. And now, that's all I'm going to see is this evil baby from Common Rider when I see Gudetama's uh, butt cheeks flashing at me at the Seven Eleven counter. Do they have the ghosts uh, slushies yet, Ryan? Yes, they do. They have those. They have the the gummy eyeballs. They got the uh, uh, the hard uh, the tart bloody bones. It is, it is that wonderful time of year at Seven Eleven. Man, I'm very <laughs> jealous. So, mm -hmm. where do we want to mm -hmm. put this hot mess movie? Um, I immediately think of really cool, but doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. I think of House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> That's fair. I think. Uh, yeah, I actually, fun fact, I tried to look up House of a Thousand Corpses so that I could see, uh, so, so that I could, because that, that's one of your big gatekeepers on this map, or on this mm -hmm. list, so I, I wanted to get a, get a hold of that, but it is not streaming for free anywhere, which is basically my barrier. Um, I mean, because obviously the place you have to start looking is Giver, right? Like, y you, have right. To, you have to compare, it's the two variants on one idea. One is more mm -hmm. uh, straight. One works better. Giver is actually a better common rider story than Shin Common Rider, but yeah. But Giver Two is boring as fuck. I mean, 
big chunks of Shane Kamen Rider were pretty boring. <laughs> right. No, here's here you know what I figured out? Um Shen Kamen Rider is like a pornographic uh Fox Kids uh Sentai show circa nineteen ninety seven. Um Guyver two is like a weirdly gory USA uh network Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah. For okay. adults. Yeah. So which is better, something that is too, that is overly violent for children, or something that is not violent enough for adults? <laughs> That's yes, you've you've perfectly said the thing I was trying very badly to say. Um, I honestly, you know, here's the thing between the two of those, I feel like I gotta go with Shin Kamen Rider for effects because Guyver Dark Hero like I really really love it and also I've rewatched it twice since we watched it for this dumb podcast um I'm probably gonna go back and rewatch Shin Kamen Rider a couple times just because it is so and not the whole thing mind you because a lot of it is kind of a slog but the when it's good it is so good yes like can I point out that there is no dialogue in the last like 20 minutes of that whole movie and like, that's the best part un, because it doesn't have unnecessary. to make sense yeah like it would be so much worse with dialogue like the the theoretically the main villain the the highest ranking member of the organization which is never named and is unresolved at the end of the movie the highest ranking member of the organization we meet is beaten to death horribly by shin common yeah. rider and the last, th- and it's like he basically says something to the effect of "No, please, God, don't." And then that's the last time anybody says anything in the movie. <laughs> I hadn't even noticed and that. And I that kind is. of love that. That's delightful. Well, there's technically you hear you hear flashbacks, and there's like text over the end of the screen with the CIA file talking about code name Masked Rider, which again, a not a mask. Yeah. B, you don't even know that he rides a motorcycle. Like, yeah, he never, never rides a motorcycle the whole movie. His friends say, are you going to the motorcycle race? And that's it. Yeah, like, he yeah. used to. He is retired. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Man, for- it's almost like the movie itself is just desperate to get to the wild effects and just decides, like, you know what? Let's let's cut sling load on all this plot shit. I think we're done here. Yeah, like, they, like they, they came up with the Skull Guy because they were like, hey, what if at the end of the movie... Common Rider tore a dude's head off like Sub-Zero's fatality, yeah! and then it turned out that the head had a bomb in it, and so he had to kick it away. Yeah. Shit, why wouldn't we do that? Uh, best shot in the whole movie. Yes, uh, yes. And that day glow it, green. Yeah, that, oh, it's so gross. I love it. So, yep. okay, does so. Shin Common Rider beat out the grudge? Mm. Now, that's specifically the American version, right? Correct. So I would say, no, The Grudge, even the American version, is better than Shin Kamen Rider because it's got cohesive narrative from start to finish. It does do it all on purpose. Yeah, it's trying to make sense. It means to do it. Shin Kamen Rider isn't. And to be fair, above that, we have movies that are actually all cohesive narrative because right above the grudge is hounds of love that's where we get into like our oscar bait territory (laughs) i say that and then right above hounds of love is maniac cop 2 (laughs) oscar bait territory maniac cop (laughs) 2 but i mean yeah i think i think that's a comfortable little niche for it to be just 
like exactly one spot ahead from its its mutant cousin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's number fifty-eight, Shin Common Rider. Yeah, feel good about that. Okay. Let me tell you, um, this week has been uh, a week of really like balls to the wall, insane movies. Oh yeah. El Jefe Brand, a premium lifestyle company specializing in pop culture and horror-themed lapel pins and apparel. With items inspired by films such as Blair Witch Project, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Aliens, and a whole crossover line with Spongebob and our favorite horror films. Fast shipping, low prices, use coupon code RANKINVILE, all one word, all caps, to save yourself 20%. Go to ElJefeBrand.com and follow them on Instagram at ElJefeBrand for additional savings and new merchandise launches. Thanks! Ryan, the next movie we're going to talk about is Karate Kill. Uh, We got this from uh, Petri Entertainment. They were cool enough to send us a screener. Uh, Give our listeners a quick synopsis of Karate Kill. Are you fucking... Okay. um, uh, How to describe Karate Kill? Um, The plot is basically, uh, imagine if you and your dirtbag friends, uh, let's say nine years old, um, let's say you watched a shitload of Steven Seagal uh, white boy kung fu movies, um, and then you all drank a lot of Robitussin, uh, enough to get really, really uh, fucked out of your gourd uh, on the cough syrup, and then you all started playing with your toys, um, only uh, all of your toys are filled with cow parts, and they all burst open and bleed all over uh, your parents' carpet when you play with them. And that's basically Karate Kill. And then you've got your one friend who keeps talking about sexual assault. Yeah, it gets real uncomfortable there with uh, Karate Kill. Um, now, the thing about Karate Kill yeah. also, uh, it th- there are moments in it where it's like, okay, the threat of sexual violence was not fucking necessary in this movie. Like, it already had crazy, over-the-top violence. It kind of reminded me of the movie Versus a little bit. Yes, Mm. yes. You can can tell Mitsutake is influenced by that vein of Japanese bugfuck cinema. The whole, like, let's just put every fucking thing in this movie. It also made me think of Sukiyaki Western Django by Takashi Miike. (laughs) I would love the opportunity to talk about that somewhere more in depth, but uh, yeah, because it's it's these little nuggets of sort of cultural ideas that are that don't that literally don't interact well, and trying to make a plot about how they don't interact well, and yeah. like there's a there's a lot to respect there, but you also wind up with the villain out of nowhere suddenly talking about winning world war two and celebrating world war two by having two <laughs> Japanese guys murder each other live on. Yeah, you've, got this, you've got this creepy guy who looks like he's front road and Edward Sharp and the magnetic zero show with fucking granola hanging out <laughs> of his beard. And he's hanging out and he's just like, yeah, we won the war against Japan. So now we want to watch Japanese people die. And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? I wanted to watch dudes punch each other until dead. Why the fuck do I got this weird Coachella uh, scraping in shoes yelling at me about killing Japanese people? Um, oh, yeah. And by the way, if you want to watch a five-minute-long scene of that dude jerking it... <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, and 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 like the, honestly, Karate Kill. Um, there are bits of this movie that I fucking adore because it is just so gonzo and so ridiculous and it absolutely takes account of like yeah you know what this is the movie you watch with your gross friends when you just want to get really baked and watch a crazy uh karate movie and the problem with it is like okay so i all right here's the thing i do like that it's not literally just kung fury because i hate kung fury and all (laughs) of its terrible terrible ilk um I like that this movie is not just pure fan service that's trying to cater to me specifically as a fan of bizarre kung fu movies. But there are moments where Karate Kill makes it really hard to love it. Yeah. uh, Fake blood splattering over the naked breasts of the little sister character we're we're hoping to see rescued. I mean... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like... It makes you feel like a monster for watching it at a few points. Well, and it's like my favorite scene in the movie turned into my honestly probably fourth or fifth least favorite scene where it's like just before the big final fight, you have the main character performing, you know, doing his form practice uh, in his karate pants and no shirt in midnight and a synthesizer cover of the Moonlight Sonata starts to play. Yep. And I was (laughs) I was there for it. And then it very quickly shifts into a sex scene. And I just, I yeah. don't, I don't want to know the person who wants a sex scene to be in this movie. Yeah, no. it's, it's a, it's kind of tone deaf. I mean, I think that's the issue. That's such like, a good word for it. I want, it's, it's so absurd. It's so like into cult cinema because I mean, there's a literal karate fighter samurai in the back of an 18 wheeler lined with barbed wire fight. And if I approach right. you in a dark alley and say, hey, you want to see a karate man fight a samurai in a trailer, but it's also kind of hell in the cell, you'd be like, yeah, definitely. Of course. Yeah. But 100%. here's the catch. you got to watch 100%. a very uh, clumsy sex scene before you get to watch that. Right, right, right. You've got to watch a sex scene that was like choreographed by a guy that writes bathroom graffiti on stalls you know what i mean like it's it's gross and weird and 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 uncomfortable almost isn't the word for it it's uh sub skinamax sweaty brow weird butt cheek porn (laughs) i mean and it's like there are moments of like I, i i there were moments where i was actually also kind of charmed by it because at the very beginning, you see a strip club slash regular bar, and if you look at all at the actual background, it is somebody's anime-filled apartment. Oh, sure. Because yeah. they they didn't they didn't put away their figurines. There are two bookshelves full of manga, and if you look at the wall, you can see a bunch of One Piece posters sticking out from underneath the black sheet they tacked up. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, a very yeah. sleepy stripper who's taking yes. a nap. <laughs> Which actually sounds like a great name for a kid's book, The Very Sleepy Stripper. Yes. You know, it's that. And then, you know, there's a quick sort of, you bastard, you're enjoying this, aren't you, with the people who tune into the cult's live stream. And, you know, a lot of weird close-up shots of their bloodshot right. eyes and them, like, licking their lips and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? I actually... I actually sort of like where they're doing there because they're not trying to be philosophical about it. They're just saying, hey, by the way, you're a pretty greasy fuck, huh? And it's like, you know, all right. right. 
got right, me. I right, sat, right. I sat not, through it this far. <laughs> well, and it's not it's not doing that thing that a lot of movies try very badly to do, and I think occasionally even like funny games can be kind of guilty of, which is like, you're a real sick fuck for watching oh, yeah. this movie, aren't you? Where like, well, first of all, kind of, yeah, but so fucking what? What's your point? Yeah, I think my issue is um, I'm so distracted and impressed with stuff like, hey, that girl um, shoots her shotgun with her prosthetic hand. Like, she's able Mm. to spin a shotgun on her hook, and a guy gets punched through the throat to die, and there's a fight in an 18-wheeler that that's all I remember it for is these random cool scenes. But as a whole, I'm like, yeah, it's not really something I need to see again. Like even uh, I watched this probably like week before last. And I kept saying to myself, do I want to rewatch it to talk it, talk about it on the show? And I said, nah, I'm fine. (laughs) I saw it once. I don't need to see it again. Mm -hmm. But also weirdly, I'd recommend it to our listeners I mean, I'd recommend it with a very, very big asterisk. Which would be? Which would be, you know, know that you're going in for something where, like, honestly, just the sexual assault thing. You know, the the, the, yeah. the, the driving plot is that there is a cult that runs a snuff film site, but also brainwashes people because I guess you need new cult members every so often, and it helps if they're cute girls. Um, and... You know, like there's theoretically, you know, theoretically, they've got a racial motivation. Theoretically, they've got like a money motivation. You know, the group is called Capital Messiah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like there's a lot of scenes where there's a lot of just threatened rape. There's a lot of implied rape. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot. And I mean, and it's honestly and it's unworthy of a movie like this that like, look, you already got my butt in the seat because it's a movie called, and I can't stress this hard enough, Karate Kills. What the fuck yep. makes you think that I sat my ass in this chair to watch this movie because I wanted the threat of sexual violence to be a driving part of the plot? I wanted to see guys getting their fucking yes. heads spin kicked off. Like, I, I'm, this is this is a question of like, okay, who is that element for? And I think the answer is like, oh, the filmmakers, they were being fucking creepy. Like, oh, okay. Well, cool. mm-hmm. also, um, this movie does star Asami, who is the star of the film series Rape Zombie, and she's in Gun Woman. Jesus she's Christ. the star of Gun Woman. Mm. She's in um, uh, Bad Butt. And uh, you could be making all of these yeah. up, and I would just nod. I and want like, you mm, to be making these. She up. was in Erotabot. I would be so happy to find out that these aren't Erotabot. real. Erotabot and the succulent, succu- oh. the succulent succubus. Mm. Her get, get the, her character out. in no. Succulent Succubus is Miss Devil Girl Succubus. What? So like, right, I, I, guess, my, I guess that bears I think a my blood is leaving my body. Oh, she was also in Gothic really and Lolita did. Psycho, which is. About gothic, oh, and Madroid too. Madroid versus Hostroids, which is about made robots versus host robots. <laughs> yes, I have. I have insang- exsanguinated. I am. I am a bloodless corpse now. I. So basically, yeah. I guess yep. I should have told y'all this movie's for perverts. <laughs> this is one of those Japanese pervert <laughs> movies. 
Yeah. That's that's how so you there open you go. It. This is this movie's for perverts. Fucking yeah. perverts. That's who's watching this. Because when you watch that yeah. um when you watch um Oh, she was Miki in the Machine Girl, Asami. Oh. Right. It's just this whole yeah. genre of so like uh Noboru Iguchi's the guy that did the ABCs of Death short about the the ass and like the girls living. Oh. And that's yep. pretty much this whole milieu of directing is wait, like wait, sorry, n- not the sound and delicate. That's the the part of ABCs of Death with the uh, the fart, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. The the fart yep. where she's like, I want to live yep. in your fart cloud forever. So like that's kind right. of the milieu that we're talking about here with this <laughs> this film. <laughs> IMDb similar. So when films. they had that room full of anime posters and body pillows that's the fucking core demographic is who that is yes yeah i am a grown man with a room full of anime figurines and i also want to watch yeah a movie that's but i think what's frustrating about these movies is there's really cool fucking parts and there's really like dumb fucking parts in the same movie right Mm -hmm. i can't throw the baby out with the bathwater entirely with karate kills I mean, I could, but <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, so I, I think a lot of it is, uh, excuse me, karate kill singular. Um, I think a lot of it is reprehensible, but there are a couple of effects and a couple of scenes that are like, oh, all right, it's pretty cool. So how does it rate against um, Leatherface murdering a man in a um, death match? Oh, the uh, the IWA deathmatch. Yeah, would you like to watch actual snuff film or faux snuff? <laughs> oh film? my god, oh my god, Quincy, this is. <sighs> I uh, now okay, um, I would say, I would rather watch IWA Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch 1994 over Karate Kill, and the reason for that, I know exactly what I'm getting, and. It's what it says on the can. It is a nail hell death match. Also, it's 1994. Uh, nobody's getting sexually assaulted, and there's no, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's pure in a way that Karate Kill is not. In in clarity and in purpose. Nobody gets forcibly addicted to heroin. You know, like you do. Right. You know, yeah. just, yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, I'm over here, like, you know, how high do these numbers go? Like, where's, uh... You know, oh, 119? Yeah, okay. Yep, yeah. <laughs> See, um, I would... It, now, here, but, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm stepping back. I would say it's better than She Kills, <laughs> no, no, which is also a, like, homage. See, the problem is this, this is an homage to rape revenge thrillers. She Kills is reprehensible shit. Yeah, so this is better <laughs> okay. than She Kills. <laughs> it is 100% better than She Kills. Well, okay, now let's not get highfalutin here. It's not yeah. 100% better than She Kills. But, but I would, at the end of the I day, rather... at least She Kills gets to revenge her own rape rather than having her brother show up and do it for her. Yeah, that's, Damn. Exa- yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Man, that's insightful as shit. That's a really, that's a good point. <laughs> but um, is like, the problem is She Kills is a joke movie. It's let's make fun of yeah. these movies. And Karate Kill mm. is let's be serious and make our own movie. So which do we want more? 
considering the genre, I would rather have the parody than the uh, than the genuine article. Yeah, yeah, me too. Actually, <laughs> I mean, that, I don't mean you know, to, I'm the guest here. I don't wanna I don't wanna step on toes, but. Well, no, that's a good point. And the thing is, a little nod and a wink to let me know that um, legit fucking monsters did not make this. So in She Kills, a guy is fucked in the head with a bottle until it explodes out of the back of his head. Yes. Okay, is that's that a lot. That's... better or worse than uh, Charles Manson light cutting his wrists while he masturbates? Ah. <laughs> uh... I, Quincy, my blood again. why, why are we the way that we are? How did we end up? Doing who hurt this us? <laughs> well, at least Where I know who hurt me. Did it go wrong? Well, there we go. Yeah, that's um. So, uh, Quincy, in answer to your question of is a man slitting his wrists while masturbating better or worse than another man getting fucked in the head with a bottle until it explodes? Oh boy. Um I guess I would have to go with the bottle one because then at least I can call from the back of the room. It looks like you've been hitting the bottle again and nobody's <laughs> wiener is involved. So I would go with that. So right under she kills is microwave massacre. So Ryan, I need you to explain uh, why this movie should go below microwave massacre. Because I don't think it should. Now, here's why it goes below Microwave Nasik. Well, no, actually, I don't know that it does. Um, I do think the WNUF Halloween special is better than this. Oh, I agree. So so now we're actually... it's, It's Beyond the Gates is better, too. So, okay, would you... Because here's the thing. Microwave Massacre is a tepid fish stick that you found in the back of the car on a road trip. It's not that good, but it'll kind of do what it needs to do in that moment, which is make you feel kind of gross, but also you've eaten a fish stick. Um, <laughs> so, would y'all rather watch The Undertaker or... The Undertaker. The Undertaker's yeah. better. Yeah, Undertaker, Obviously. no question. Classic, classic Undertaker. Come on, Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. That stuff's the shit. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got the spats. He's he's got the spats. He's got the hats. It's great. Why wouldn't you watch The Undertaker over a snuff film? Double wide coffin. It's great. Yeah, he's got a double wide coffin. Okay, so uh, um, Zodiac Killer. Oh, Zodiac Killer faux is better. Than Charles Manson versus faux Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than that, and it's entirely because of the Zodiac Killer branded hoodie. And also, um, the, the stab scenes in Zodiac Killer pretty fucking good. I mean, not not as effective as the gore in uh, probably uh, Karate Kill, but also way less rape. Okay, so two-headed shark attack versus Karate Kill. It does have Brooke Hogan's dead eyes, and that does a lot. <laughs> that goes a very long way for me. It's gotta okay, be the better island than of Castle Dr. Freak, Moreau, right? Oh yes, no, I, okay, okay. I feel like between Dr. Moreau and Castle Freak is a is a pretty good spot, actually. That, yeah, that feels I think you're right, right to me. Um, although there's right. something to be argued about intentionally ape shit versus unintentionally ape shit. But I think the island there of Dr. Is. Moreau has knows no bounds for just fascinating artifact of like how bad filmmaking can go wrong. 
and I, I got to be hubris is what it is. I will occasionally look up on YouTube uh, scenes from that just because Val Kilmer's uh, Marlon Brando impression is endlessly amusing to me. So, <laughs> yes, I you know. that and if that and if the Island of Dr. Moreau was trying to be a bad movie and ended up being a bad movie, that would be so much less rich and interesting then the island of dr moreau was trying to be a legitimately good film and ended up a casserole of horrors okay they thought they were making art exactly number 99 then will be karate kill it did not crack the the one the (laughs) one (laughs) hundreds you know i feel pretty good about castle freak holding steady at 100 so speaking of Castle Freak holding steady at 100, let's scroll below that and talk about Gantz O. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. So oh, Gantz O. This is an All example right. of the uncanny valley, like, really biting us in the, the digitally rendered ass. Because this movie, I, I thought it was going to be, um, like, regular regular cgi like i didn't think it was going to be this close to people so that my brain was like that's not right no no this was like the makers of polar express adapted fucking eon flux quincy (laughs) (laughs) but you've got you've got to give credit to the mocap the mocap in this is eerily good yeah like the bodies move like real bodies and the monsters move like dude in dudes in rubber suits Hold up, hold I up, was, hold up. I was blown away a couple times. No lie. Not okay. all. It was incredible. Hashtag not all the bodies because okay. Okay, there is yes. so much yes. attention to boob jiggle in this movie. It is insulting to me. Okay, yes. Oh, man. I meant like Which, elbows um, and knees all move right. Um, not, not. Well, and, and, and like, fans. and like side note here, um, Evan, uh, Evan and I both, uh, play, uh, sometimes together the Friday the 13th video game for PS4. Um, a lot of attention went into mo-capping the butts of the counselors. And part of me kind of appreciates that, that like, man, they know that I'm going to be staring at a butt as with my third person character for like probably hours and hours of my life. And they'd work very hard to make those butts as realistic a butt as possible. Um, and Gantz O, Jesus Christ, the jiggles. I, I don't, it unnerved me in a way because it, I felt like, I felt like, I felt like Commander Riker wanting to bone a hologram in the holodeck watching Gantz O. <laughs> Think about how many people were on the team doing tit jiggle Versus how many people were on the team storyboarding the movie. And I think you'll see Uh, what's wrong with this movie. Yep. Well, they forgot to write a fucking plot. Yeah. Well, I I did a little bit of research into Gantz having no familiarity and knowing that this was not like a prequel. Because, you know, there's a zero in the title. So I thought at first maybe, oh, okay, so it's set before the main series. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. This is a random story arc that they plucked out of the middle of the damn run. Yeah, yeah. It's in the middle of... if, If anything has been successful with this movie, it's I want to read the comics because... There are mm-hmm. scraps of really interesting stuff. The mech and the guns and all the tech 
the gear is really cool. The oh yeah, ideas... when uh, when Jaeger bloodbath teabag rises up out of the uh, out of the river there, I I was here for it. Oh yeah, the um mm-hmm. the orbital strike gun that just smashes whatever's underneath it. Oh god, <laughs> into a bloody puddle. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Now and and here's the here's the question: By what degree of courtesy do we call Gantz O a horror movie? Why is it a horror movie? Uh, because it's got murder monsters. It's like it's yokai. It's all these Japanese folklore murder monsters and like death gods. Ah, uh, so if I Frankenstein is on our list, Gantz O certainly has a place. Yes. 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 Yep. Yep. So I think what's frustrating is the ideas behind this about like so apparently in the comics it's like a game show kind of thing. I mean they they talk about it. it's a video game. If you kill if you get enough points, you can buy your way out of the game. And or like, you can buy a power up. Yeah, or you can buy a power right. up. So like there's the whole so unfortunately that's the only plot tension is what is he going to use his clearly he just scored a high score what's he going to use his high score for and the plot twist is oh he's such a good person he always uses his high score to help his teammates not to help himself spoiler alert but not really yeah, they're, they're just well, it's basically well like too. a Polar Express animated pornographic r- The Running Man. There's a literal monster made out of naked women. Uh, that the monster made out of naked women is the second in a Pokemon evolution change that chain that I have written down just so that I could read it out. Can I can I take a moment to do that to talk about what the please. final boss goes through? Oh, please, yes, in this? yes. He starts mm-hmm. out as a rad as hell weird old man. And then he gets cut in half and they turn into three old men who then turn into naked ladies who spawn more naked ladies that pile onto each other in the rough general shape of a huge naked lady. Then he gets melted down into a for real Satan with a goat's head. <laughs> then that explodes and he looks like an old dude again, but he's like. 15 feet tall and he's buff as shit and he's got knives in his arms like the Giver, you know, bringing up full circle. Uh-huh. And then that uh-huh. melts and he's just like this night devil made out of bones with eye lasers and he starts talking about how he's a god. Not god at least, but a god. So that is When you dis- when you describe it that way, I am putting this movie above the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at number 1. This is the finest <laughs> horror movie that's ever been made. Um, the lasers that also like when he's his head is cut in half, the lasers can go in different directions. Yes, like it's an yeah. advantage to him that his head was bisected because he's like, aha, now I can target two people. And I mean, I I don't remember how many times I shouted, yeah, get fucked in this movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, like because of John Carpenter's the thing. Hard. Anytime somebody's head gets bisected and turns into a jaw, I I'm a big fan. Mm. I guess the so problem with this movie is it's boring. Despite it being hyper violent, despite it being just basically an hour and a half long cutscene, there's nothing to it. Mm. Nope. 
There's no there's no well, resolution. There is a there's a twist ending at the end of the regular ending that has nothing to do with the entire rest of the plot. Right. Uh, it's got a lot of good hashtag aesthetic, and that's about it. I'm a brother. I, I'm drawn to... I gotta get home to take care of my brother who does not care. Like, he literally calls his brother on the phone and his brother's like, yeah, um, I'll wrap your dinner up. I'll see you later. And he's like, you don't understand. I'll never be home. And he's like, I don't care. I'm not gonna stay. Like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, this would count as a spoiler if it were connected to literally anything else in the movie, but we check in on little brother like nine times over the course of this hour and a half and mm -hmm. and the very last frame of the movie big brother gets home and his face drops like something's happened and we don't know what and we have no reason to expect anything to happen because we had just checked in with him like five minutes ago and mm -hmm. it it is such a bad out of nowhere twist ending that my wife got like incandescently angry <laughs> she's actually she's walking over here are you telling me about my bottomless yeah she's she referred to it just now as bottomless rage if my mic didn't pick that up yeah she was really Excellent. really hot about it because it's got <laughs> it's got no place in anything and yeah it basically just pees on the one piece of emotional resonance that they'd been trying to build over the course of the movie like okay yeah he's the only one taking care of his little brother well we hope he gets back he gets back Something's wrong. Oops, movie over. What the what the <laughs> fuck is that? The one bit of pathos and they just just do the dismissive J O motion and forget about it. Also, this Something is an happened. entire film and comic franchise. There's multiple animes of this, so I know there are better versions of this out Gotta there. Gotta be. Gotta be. But why and also, why did Netflix get this one? excellent question show yeah. me the person who loves this movie and i will show you i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> a real shitbird is what <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um i mean i will stand up for the line of somebody be upon being asked how did you get so strong saying in total seriousness ping pong and karate via correspondence like <laughs> there's there's gems. Yep. There are little tiny gems, but it's like finding them in just quicksand. It and the monster drown. design is really fucking good. That one oh, yeah. monster with the switchblade tail. Mm, that was really really intense. Uh, I really liked the swole tengu. That yeah. that was my yeah. favorite. Oh, the swole tengu, yeah. So swole they, that the the crusher gun can't crush him. Yeah, they have to use it on him like ninety right. times. It's great. <laughs> yeah, the creature but design in this that, is yeah. amazing. But it's now the thing is, uh, aesthetic is no substitute for something I care about, and alas, it does not have that. Even less so than like Attack on Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is miles away from an Attack on Titan because that live action. But you Attack definitely on see Titan how it looks good. But you mm. definitely see how it's part of the same kind of. It's definitely part of the same like trends in anime and anime adaptations. Like, yeah, I yeah, I thought about it a lot in there. So I'm looking at Dracula Untold, which is a lot of flash with an attempted substance with nothing. 
Mm-hmm. But now I feel like that's too low. It's definitely at least one space too low because it doesn't have any needlessly it doesn't needlessly villainize autistic people like the village. Oh, so yeah. it has right. to go above the vill- the village. Mhm. Mhm. So uh, I would say there is no way this movie is worse than Chud 2 by the Chud. <laughs> okay, so if we've done that, then is it better than Karate Kill? I would rather oh, watch this boy. again. Yes. But I think I've made that pretty clear. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would rather watch Ganso again than Karate Kill. I, I, which is sort of frustrating to say because I think for all of its many, 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 many flaws, I think Karate Kill was more ambitious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, oh, honestly, just the weight of the character models in Gantz and seeing somebody just get kicked in the stomach and, yeah, just stand up out of my chair and shout, get fucked! <laughs> you know, it's it's good. <laughs> There's, there's good in yeah. there. Oh, by the way, oh, yeah. the O stands for Osaka because this is part of the Osaka storyline from the comics. Oh, oh so it is actually an O. So I've been saying zero this whole time like an ass. Okay. Oh, I thought it was zero too. And then I looked in my typography, you know, my, my training as a copy editor. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. That's an O. Okay. <laughs> I knows an O when I sees one. So I would... Um, I would say this movie is better than Mario Bava's The Evil Eye. Uh, I also think it's better than The Room at the Top of the Stairs. I think my cap for this, I do not think this movie is better than the WNUF Halloween special. You're saying this is better than Crimson Peak? I was actually going there. Exactly. I was going right there to say, if we're talking about aesthetic stuff that doesn't actually do anything anywhere, I think Crimson Peak does that exact job better. Crimson Crimson Peak Peak is the clown prince of looking cool as shit, but having no... (laughs) Nothing to say. Same, by the way. That's that's actually very relatable. I relate to Crimson Peak in this way. Um, So I would probably... Okay. It is better than Two-Headed Shark Attack. Let's not shut ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, would yeah, actually yeah. put it right below Crimson Peak. I think that's a fair place to put it. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'd put it. So that makes it number 93. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. What a great. Which time. actually bumps Karate Kill down to 100, just for people checking in. Oh, it does. You're right. Man. I'm honestly, I'm honestly really sad, by the way, uh, side note, that I was not able to watch these three movies in a room with both of you and snacks, because can you imagine, <laughs> oh, man. like, knock out a Saturday, like, all right, let's watch these fucking banana pants Japanese horror movies together and eat nachos and yell and throw things at the TV. I am so oh. sad we did not have the option of doing that. And I feel like it's oh, important no, to sad. note, these are not indicative of Japanese cinema. God no! Oh no, no no no! I would honestly, I would love to do an episode where we do like extreme Japanese horror. Um, the problem is, if we do three extremes, it's probably going in the top ten because I'll fight for it. Well, I mean, I would definitely love to to come back to do a trilogy of like Japanese horror that we think is going to be good just in general. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's worth throwing out there, but uh, yeah, um, imagine um, actually having uh, good movies on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. No, the problem is that if we did Taka- like the, the problem is that every time we do Takashi Miike movies, 
I have to barely restrain myself from screaming girlishly and yelling, number one, fuck the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because I lose my mind momentarily. I mean, that's going to be worth listening to. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, have, I'm at a loss for words because I just keep replaying E.T. the Killer in my head now that you've said that, so um, I'm going to blue screen as yep. soon as we go off recording. Um, <laughs> yep, sorry for that. So, sorry, to, sorry to put that evil upon you. That's, that's fair. That's just my life. So, Evan, tell our listeners where they can find you online. Well, um, the primary place you can find me is, well, the primary place where you can find me is at my uh, Twitter account, which is E underscore M-C-D-E-V-I-T-T, which most of the day is going to be snapshots from my day job as a dog groomer and angry political tweeting. But if you want to see content I create, that you will find at Two Player Verses. Uh, that's the number two, and then player and verses both spelled out. Twoplayerverses.podbean.com. Um, it's also on iTunes. It's also findable through a couple of uh, apps. But honestly, I'd rather you listen to it on Podbean because I can track those stats. iTunes, side note, yeah. doesn't share anything nope. with you. Love them for getting it out there, but they don't tell me if anybody's listening. So yeah, this is also um, how I feel about Podbean versus iTunes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so that's the that's the number one place where you can find stuff that I'm working on. Um, I've got a bunch of projects that aren't quite ready for prime time yet. It's killing me to not talk about it. I could do a million plugs, but we'll leave it at that. Awesome, excellent. Uh, so we are available on a bevy of platforms. Uh, on Instagram, we just got done with our first Instagram giveaway. Uh, we announced the winner of that. I'm gonna. Um, get that to them in the mail we have several uh sponsors who have told us they will help us out with instagram giveaways in the future so if you want free stuff or you want pictures of the wide array of pumpkin spice items i am eating uh follow us on instagram at rank and vile ryan where else can they find rank and vile online Oh, okay, so there we go. So you can find us on Twitter, most importantly, because here's the thing. Uh, I shit post a lot from our Twitter about horror movies. Um, and you can find that on Twitter at RankinVileCast. You can find us on Tumblr at uh, just, I think it's uh, just RankinVile.tumblr.com. Uh, we post a lot of uh, gore and horror movie gifts. And uh, generally, uh, we, sometimes we update the uh, the full uh, list. Now, the thing is, I kind of want to start sharing... Uh, the list on all, all of our platforms to see if we can provoke people into getting upset at our uh, rankings so that we can increase the notoriety of our podcast and get over. Um, but generally, mostly we're on Twitter at Rank and Vilecast, so you're gonna want to reach out to us there. Uh, we are definitely going to be doing an episode where we start working the fuck through all of our listener requests. Um, generally, if you want to um, request a movie, which, by the way, guys, I'm begging you, request good movies. Good movies that you would like to hear people talk about, and maybe even watch. Uh, send those requests to uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com, or just uh, DM it to us on Twitter, or tweet us on Twitter, or hunt me down in public. Um, push me up against the wall by my throat and whisper, please do Halloween already, you piece of shit. And then we'll do it. Well, actually, if you will just limit those to our Gmail, and we also have an ask box on Tumblr, um, those are the easiest ones for me, the person who is putting together the spreadsheet of all the requests and the dates so that oh, yeah, we can read them in a, a normal order. Um, if you find Ryan in public, you can whisper into his throat um, 
Halloween, <laughs> but I'm the one who puts the show notes together. <laughs> so it might be kind of lost on him, but I'll appreciate it. And um, please consider checking out our sponsors, which we're going to uh, probably drop earlier into this uh, recording. So. And I've actually got to break back in once more to just uh, get a little, just uh, be Yanatoru with my DVD here to throw out that there. Uh, <laughs> if you're just craving more Ryan and Quincy content, uh, two player versus is going to have you covered in the next couple months. Uh, we go live on the first Monday of every month. Uh, Ryan's episode is pl- currently planned to go live the first of uh, first Monday in November. Quincy is still a little TBD, yeah. but. Uh, both boys are going to be over on my show, so what's up? Buy my DVD, listen to my podcast. All right. We'll be good, good <laughs> video game boys. We're the best video game boys. Yeah, no, listen, if you're the Toru Yano of uh, nerd podcasting, that's a fine thing to be. I mean, I I photoshopped that as my Twitter avatar, uh, and I laughed to myself out loud for a full half hour. So now I don't think I can ever change it until I get a new logo for my podcast. So. Oh, speaking yeah. of wrestling, shout out to um, our homie Kaiju Clutch on Instagram. Uh, I ran into Kaiju Clutch at Memphis Comic Expo, and he hooked me up with his new uh, Kishin Liger shirt, which is, if you're unfamiliar, when the soup, the power. The basically Power Ranger wrestler Jushin Thunder Liger uh, turned evil and spit acid and ripped his mask off, and he's evil. So like, uh, Kaiju Clutch made it's, these it's not a mask; it's a containment system. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually an evil monster, a monster god. Uh, those are still available for purchase if you want to pick one up too. Uh, it's the most black metal wrestling T-shirt I own. That's um, Kaiju Clutch. Uh, bigcartel.com um, and check that out. Follow Kaiju Clutch on Instagram. He has a really great account of Ultraman and uh, Mitsuharu Misawa fighting Kaiju um, posts and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah. It's a really cool shirt. Yeah, it is. Alright, and I believe that's just about it. Okay. Have a good week.